When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the final captaincy video and podcast from Fantasy Football Scout for the 2020-21 campaign. And what a great campaign it's been uh, with matches every night and uh, busy, busy. Uh, all the matches are on at the same time. Woohoo! Uh, on Sunday. Uh, home fans are back um, and there's still plenty to motivate players from Golden Boots to a seat among Europe's elite. My name is Joe and joining me to find the best captaincy options for game week 38 is David. David, how are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks. It feels uh, really nice to be uh, finally <laughs> at the final hurdle. Yeah. Um, it's, been a, it's been a bonkers campaign. Um, captaincy, I think, has probably been one of the things that's taken one of the biggest hits from how things yeah. have gone because so much variation and trends have been lasting not as long as they normally do and things are just all over the place and postponed fixtures and all sorts of things and we've often been forced into captaincy decisions based on the fact that well this team's playing twice so we might as well or yeah. you know things like that um it's nice to have everyone playing at the same time yeah. um and um no doubles or, or whatever and um yeah, we're nearly there. We're nearly, <laughs> we're nearly there. there. <laughs> so there are a number of players and teams with something to play for, whether it's personal honours or indeed um, uh, getting into the Champions League. Um, the top two are sewn up with Liverpool and Manchester United. The relegation places are sewn up, so they're out of the equation. But there are also other teams that um, have more to play for in terms of just simply um, getting more money from a higher placing in the Premier League. Um, and also for pride as well and also they're just really good and they've got a great fixture against teams that are not, actually not that good in terms of defensively so we're going to look at the teams with something to play for first um, and I think I think the best place to start is Liverpool so all the stats um, I've got up on the screen these will all be for the last six matches um, and that that's for all of all of the stats we put up um, and also to timestamp this we're recording this on Thursday morning so any players that we mention, hopefully <laughs> they won't get any training ground uh, issues and will be fit and, you know, in contention to start on Sunday. Um, so let's have a look at Liverpool. These are the last six uh, matches. Um, I've sorted it by expected goal involvement. So they play Crystal Palace. Um, yeah, David, do you want to explain what, why Liverpool have to win? Why they have to score a lot? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the top four situation as it stands at the moment, um, as you said, Man City, Man United all tied up. All that's all fine. So it's a race to get third and fourth, and it's a three-horse race between Chelsea, Liverpool, and Leicester. And basically, all three teams have to win because of uh, for various different reasons. So Chelsea are on sixty-seven points. So if they draw, they go to sixty-eight. And if Liverpool and Leicester were to win then they would finish below both of them. Mm. Um, Liverpool need to, um, if they draw and the other two teams win, again, then they're on 67. The other mm. two are above them. Same with Leicester as well. Um, so basically, if you if you win, 
then you're probably in the top four if you're Liverpool because at the moment yeah. they have the best goal difference of the three. So they've got a goal difference of 24, Chelsea have 23, Leicester have 20. Um, so in any scenario where they end up finishing on the same points, Liverpool are currently in the strongest position, but they're obviously going to want to consolidate on that because their goal difference is only one higher mm. than Chelsea. Um, their goal difference is four higher than Leicester, but you know if Leicester win 5-0 and, and um, Liverpool win 1-0, then it starts to come down to, you know, a few other things. I think the goals scored, they're on the same. So in that scenario, it would then defer to goals scored and then they'd finish below. So basically, the bottom line is They've Liverpool need to win and they need to win big yeah. to avoid any concerns about not finishing in the top four. Which is absolutely great if you're trying to pick a captain because um, they've got lots of players more than capable of hauling. Um, so they play Crystal Palace. Um, they haven't had, they, you know, by their standards, they've had an OK season, but, you know, they're, they're there for the taking potentially. Um, meanwhile, it's at home. So a semi-packed cop um, will be looking at um, uh, their players. So this will be extra motivation. Liverpool's home form has been awful this season. So will it? Will that improve? We certainly saw that with Everton. And that was something we spoke about in the scout cast. There were a number of teams where it didn't make too much difference. Manchester United, for example, fans are there or not. They're basically the same. Um, but when it comes to a team like Everton, they definitely needed that. And it could be the case with Liverpool as well. Meanwhile, Salah is gunning for the golden boot. So that's something he's wants. He's got that personal motivation there over Harry Kane. Um, expected goal involvement. Last six, Salah's top. Nearly five goals expected to be involved in. This is huge. He's scored three goals, had an assist. Um, uh, Mane is next. Expected goal involvement of three, 3.67, so just under four. Um, he's scored twice, had two assists as well. Very creative, his stats as well. So 13 chances created, same as Salah. So they, they've got everything uh, there. And then you've got Alexander-Arnold, huge creativity. Firmino is in the running. People are forgetting about Firmino. He's actually a quality striker. Um, and then there's Robertson as well. Um, he's a player I'm potentially going to get in. It makes sense for me. Um, because otherwise I'm going to have to play Joel Ward. <laughs> so uh, Robertson makes sense. But he's also a captaincy contender. 13 chances created. Um, he's only had a couple of goal attempts. So I remember last game last season, he scored, I think. Or was it the season before? One of those two. Um, he was a, he was At the a end fi- of the season, he was a final, someone always pops up, doesn't he? He was a final day hero. Um, so yeah, what do you reckon? I mean, there's all the stats. There's the You've already gone through the evidence. It just sounds... It's got to be Salah or, or one of his colleagues, isn't it, for the Armand? Yeah, well, I mean, I certainly the um, the need for Liverpool to win big in this game, I think, is 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 going to be there, definitely. Um, in terms of Salah's stats, I'm I'm sort of I feel a little bit um, uh, let down by him after the after the midweek matches because obviously scored three goals against yeah. a pretty obliging defence and Salah wasn't involved in, in any of it. Mm. And um, I am still kind of looking at some of his stats in terms of conversion rate and it like just ne- like sort of like nettles at me a little bit, mm. um, which doesn't mean no, it just means this is at the back of my mind. And I'm going to come on to Crystal Palace in a minute because as much as Liverpool have a narrative, they do as well. But oh, we'll, we'll have a look okay. at Salah first. Okay. Um, so 19 shots in the box last six uh, is the third highest in the league. Six big chances is the joint third best. But his uh, eight shots on target, we've got Bale, Mares, Calvert-Lewin, Greenwood, Watkins, Wood, Iheanacho, Havertz, Jota and Benteke have all had more shots on target than him. Ooh, and it makes for a goal conversion. Yeah, but Benteke is actually top. So we're going to come back to oh, him in okay, a second. Okay. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so his goal conversion rate is 14%. Um, 
which yeah you've got you've got a, a, a number of other players that are just performing better in that particular metric and so then when he's just kind of stung me after the the Burnley game it just kind of that sits at the back of my head now as I said that doesn't mean I'm not going to go with him but we always try and assess both sides of these things to try and work out whether or not maybe there's some other players who don't have the same caveat so I will just talk about Crystal Palace Roy Hodgson's last game yeah so that's big for them mm-hmm. right it's at Liverpool where generally people I don't want to say they don't like him, but he didn't do very well there. No. So if you like Roy Hodgson, which a lot of these players do, as we've seen mm-hmm. from their Twitter this last week, yeah. if you want him to go out with a bang, you want to go and stop Liverpool getting in the Champions League mm. at his former club, right? Uh, Christian Benteke, former Liverpool exactly. player, of course. Um, last six matches, top of the whole division for shots on target Ooh. and shots in the box. Now, previously, people would have gone, oh, it's Benteke. Like, he doesn't convert it. Well, I'm sorry, he does, because he scored in each of his last four matches. So, <laughs> Palace are going to be up for this. They've got a, I've got a former Liverpool player in Christian Benteke who's in good form. That doesn't mean, of course, that Salah isn't going to score. I know he's not a defensive player. But the point is, there's a lot of reason for this group of Crystal Palace players to not just roll over. This isn't right. the beach for them. This is the last game of a manager who okay. means a lot to them and to the club. And they can crash the party at the place of his former employers. This could be his final game. It, in it, it, yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know. It just part of me thinks that mm. they're going to be right up for this, and I don't think they're going to roll over. Yeah, it's something. It's interesting what you're talking about, Benteke, because it's something I was just doing a little bit of prep for the tonight's scoutcast, um, and something we've been looking at over the last few weeks is unfashionable players looking at the stats table and thinking, why are we ignoring these players with posting good stats? Do you know who else? Martinelli was one that we we focused on. And guess what? He came up and scored. Ferran <laughs> Torres was on that list as well. Scored a hat-trick uh, recently. Um, and Benteke... Been, oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, no, Benteke's been there. So what you've raised yeah, yeah. with Benteke is really important because part of people's brains are going to go, I'm not getting Benteke, I'm not getting Benteke. Well, you've just given the reason they should be getting Benteke in. Yeah. Well, I mean, arguably, it's the last day of the season. So if you were going to captain Benteke, I wouldn't look at that and think you're, a, you're an idiot. I think that could work out. And also, last six matches, Liverpool have conceded more big chances than any other team in the whole league. So if we just, if we kind of did one of those kind of like little tests where you basically just make every team anonymous yeah. and every player anonymous, and you can basically say to someone, look, you can captain the guy who in the last six matches has scored four goals. He's top of the league for shots on target and he's going up against the team that's conceded more big chances in than anyone else in the rest of the league, but you don't tell them that it's Benteke against Liverpool, then they'd go, oh, no-brainer. Um, so, I don't know. I just think there's a bit of an opportunity there. That's that, a great um, idea. You've just given me a great idea for a segment <laughs> on the Scoutcast, or, or at least it should maybe an article. Do It's, it's like um, you know a blind interview, for example, for, for job applications. You can't see who it is. Yes, yeah, equal um, so, opportunities, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's equal opportunities in action with... Fancy Premier League players, but yeah, you just show you the stats, and certain suddenly you got people picking Benteke, Chris Wood, Antonio up front. Um, so yeah, um, anyway, yeah, I think yeah, you put forward a good case for me not to get Robertson in, but also I think they've got the the fact is they're going to on paper Salah is a good shot. What did you think about Mane as well for uh, you know differential? I know some people will be thinking about him for the captaincy. Yeah, I think. He's had a tricky season, hasn't he? And I think there was a time when maybe I would have looked at it a couple of weeks ago when it looked like he was kind of ramping back up. But, you know, if I am going to pick a Liverpool player, it it has... I mean, for everything I've said, if I was going to pick a Liverpool player, I would still probably just go Salah. Mm. You expect a goal of Omen is better. Um, You know, he is is still shooting more often than Mane. Um, You know, him not having as many shots on target as I'd like 
Salah. Like that's not, like I said, it's not necessarily a reason to not captain him because we know he's the kind of player that can just turn it on. Mm. He can he can improve that curve of you know shots on target to shots in the box, like from one week to the next. Um, whereas we just we just haven't quite really seen that with with Mane this year. Um, you know, again, it's last day of the season, so if you really need a big tilt, like a you know a big sort of you know pray that. Mm. Salah doesn't do anything, um, and that Manny's going to have a, have a big game again. Most of these candidates, because it's game week thirty eight, I'm not going to, you know, rubbish them as much as I normally would. But okay. I'm, for my personal situation, I'm want to go for something relatively sensible slash safe. So I, I would still encourage Salah over Manny. I think. Okay, well, let's have a look at the worst defenses table. Last six again. Um, so this highlights some of the things you've just brought up there about Crystal Palace and you know in terms of the table they're pretty mid-table really they've they've conceded 10 big chances um, conceded 12 goals but their expected goal involvement is, is eight is about eight and a half um, and that's well below the teams at the top there of, of, of which um, you mentioned you mentioned Liverpool Liverpool are about the same as Crystal Palace in terms of defence um, so far but yeah the worst team at the moment in terms of expected goals conceded the whipping boys it was previously Sheffield United but it's now back to West Brom it was West Brom earlier this season before Sam Allardyce now he's going um, and yeah they're just shipping chances for fun 16 big chances um, which is not as many as Liverpool but they've conceded 14 goals and their expected goal uh, conceded is 12.8 which is the most out of any team over the last six and then you've got Newcastle and then you've got um, Burnley um, West Ham and Sheffield United and Southampton so it, it shows that there's, there's there's potential for a lot of goals around for many popular candidates um, that we'll come to um, shortly but is it we're talking about motivation there's a you know Spurs playing Leicester um, I'll just start with Spurs first then we'll move on to Leicester because Leicester have the motivation of winning winning and winning winning very well they have to they've got to smash Spurs <laughs> basically so let's start with Spurs first before we go to Leicester in terms of expected goal involvement Kane top same story so just covering them off same story Son um, I think it was Late Rise that posted something on Twitter today that almost a third of Son's points um, have actually come in the first few matches of the season so that uh, so I've got a picture of Kane and Son being all happy happier times um, Kane looks like he's going um Bale's also in the mix, was rested midweek. Um, Ali is an intriguing differential. But <sighs> cover them off. Kane for the captaincy, worth it? Well, I think Leicester plays some part in this because really Spurs, I suppose, as you say, kind of have nothing to lose, nothing mm. to gain. Uh, Leicester need to throw the kitchen sink here. A draw is not good enough. Ooh. You know, if they, if they want... I mean, they can they can... They can't. They can't not get Europa League, right? So, mm. so what's the point in not giving this a go? You know, if you if you don't throw the kitchen sink here, you aren't going to get Champions League. Because if you lose or if you draw, then that's it. So you need to win. So if they need to win, then they're just. I feel like they're going to throw a lot forward, which could could leave a lot of space behind to be exploited on the counter attack, which could benefit Spurs. But I still have my own doubts about Spurs players anyway. Yeah. Um, for some of the reasons we've already mentioned, and and one one of the things that's that's disappointed me the most about Kane is that he spent a lot of the season doing very well for expected goals uh, involvement in terms of assists and goals and penalties. But over the last six matches, his ex- minutes per expected goal involvement is one every 146.5 minutes, 
Lacazette, Adams, Giroud, Aguero, Martial, Wood, Origi, Cavani, Greenwood, Jolinton, Mane, Fernandez, Callum Wilson, uh, Antonio Havertz, Iheanacho, Rodrigo, Salah, Jota, Willock, <laughs> Dwight okay. Gale, and Gabriel, yeah. Gabriel uh, Martinelli all have a better minutes per expected goal Go, moment than Kane. Going back over to that fashionable six. thing, Joe Willock, 11 <laughs> points, 22 points as a captain last time out. Much better than my Salah option. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Kane, Kane is, I don't know, again, if you're going to go for it, then I mm. totally get it because I think the fixture actually suits Spurs mm. attackers because I do think there'll be space to exploit. Um, yeah, especially on the flanks if we're okay. expecting them to play with a 3-4-1-2 okay. or something like that. Um, but the players themselves, I have slight doubts over whether or not they would capitalise. And as you say, with Kane, it's hard to say. Is he going to try and... If, I mean, is he going to leave? I suppose we don't actually really know that yet, but we suspect he might. Does he want to finish big in his last game or is he just completely like shattered? And is he going to save himself for the Euros uh, as an England fan and a yeah. Reading fan who doesn't really care about Spurs? No offence. Yeah. I'd rather he saved himself, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> he, did a, he did a sort of a solo lap of honour. I mean, either he's going or he's just... A... <laughs> I mean, I know there's pictures circulating of Harry Kane in his Harry Kane room in his mansion, but he must—he would have a massive ego if he just did a lap of honour and then just came back for game week one next season. Just say, yeah, well, I just thought you wanted possibly. to cheer me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Leicester, something something more to play for, a seat in Europe. So as you mentioned, Ian Acho was one of those players with a with better expected goal involvement. Um, got the stats up on the screen. Ian Acho expected goal involvement is four point four two the highest um, of any Leicester player. He's by far the one. If I was going to captain a Leicester player, it would be him. Um, Vardy could be in with a shout, though. 14 shots in the box last six, uh, but just five on target. Ian Acho, 13 shots in the box, 11 on target. How deadly is he? <laughs> um, yeah, Ian Acho bust? What do you reckon? Yeah, Ian Acho for me would be, um, has been the, the main Leicester attacker for, for a while. Vardy just... Is playing a different role. He's making a lot of those runs in behind, but he makes them often um, out to the flanks. Mm. Um, I think it's possible. It's possibly, possibly partially down to the fact that they don't have wingers and they haven't had wingers for a while because with Barnes being injured, um, they don't have any. They don't have any balance. Like if they want to play with wingers, they'd have to play him. I think alongside like Old Brighton on the other side, or maybe Perez, or just just doesn't really work for them. So the side has more balance if they go with wing-backs, but then because they've got wing-backs instead of wingers, then it means that both Iheanacho and Vardy often have to drift left or right. And we're seeing it a lot more with Vardy because obviously he's the faster player. He can stretch the defences, but he isn't. he's not playing on that last shoulder anymore. Yeah. Um, he's just playing a different role. So he, he's helping the team, but not in a way that will help fantasy managers. So Iheanacho for me, who obviously had a, a rest Mm-hmm. Um, came on second half against yeah. Chelsea so you know there's absolutely no I mean the thing is they, they were going to start them both for this game anyway because it's really important yeah. but if anyone was just worried about rotation yeah. like, he's just had a rest so he's definitely starting and their best player So yeah I mean objectively looking at this Ian Acho is a really strong captaincy candidate for this um, because they have to score a lot and he is their most potent strike striking weapon um, yeah I don't know I'm almost regretting getting rid of him now. Um, <laughs> but I think if you own Ian Acho, I think he has to be in the conversation for the captaincy. Um, moving on, those teams with motivation. Chelsea play Villa. As we've said, they need to um, draw potentially not good enough. They need to win. Um, and they need to win well, like all of these uh, teams we're mentioning. Um, so last six, again, expected goal involvement. It's Havertz. Now, um, he's carrying a, an injury... So we're not sure 
Um, so if he is fit, if he gets the all clear, he is by far the best option. If you want to take a risk that he'll start, um, he's expected to be involved in nearly four goals. Um, he scored three, actually, in the last six. Um, Dennis Werner, who's very quietly, his goal involvement's really good. And I think he's a, a big option for next season. But nevertheless, he's created nine chances. He's had 13 shots inside the box, just five on target. Uh, 15 shots in total um, but expected goal of ball with nearly three so a- an option an option Pulisic also in the running um, Mount and Alonso if we think that he'll start obviously we know he has a goal in him and there could be a clean sheet as well so he could be on for a mega haul um, lots of options I think for Chelsea for those who want to go a bit different with the armband what do you reckon? Yeah um, it's tricky because as you say they need to win possibly they need to win big mm. Um Chelsea don't typically do that under Tuchel, so it will involve um, a slight change of style if we're expecting them to try and yeah. thrash this game out. Because you know, if they win one nil, I feel like they're probably going to be fine. Because I just, I actually, I just can't really see Leicester um, beating Spurs by four goals and what. I just can't see. It. I know, I know that Spurs defensively haven't been great, so I still feel like Tuchel will want to approach this game with some balance. So I'm not necessarily expecting this to be Chelsea go and win 4-0 there. But I'm not ruling it out because I think that there are a couple of cracks in uh, Villa's defensive system that could help some of the more potent Chelsea ones. So uh, last six matches, Villa conceded 25 chances down their right-hand side, which is the fifth worst in the Premier League in that particular period. And it's also their worst as well. So they conceded 19 chances down their left. So Matt Target doing very well because yeah. that's their best flank. 23 through the middle, 25 on the left. So players that play through the middle and or left for Chelsea will do... Uh, they've, they've got a, a better matchup in this game than the players on the other side. Oh. So that um, if Havertz is going to play number nine, then Werner could play on the left. Yeah. Um, if Werner's going to play number nine, then maybe Pulisic plays on the mm. left. So the only slight problem here is, of course, is that actually who is going to play on the left and through the middle. We're not really ever that sure. Um, but on Werner, um, I think he's... Yeah, he's been very unfortunate. I think his stats are somewhat um, skewed by VAR because he's, he was very unlucky not to come away, I think, with two goals yeah. against Leicester last time. So his stats technically should be better mm. if you're going to... Because the thing is, if they're all marginal offsides, and I don't think we should discount those sorts of scenarios in terms of their appeal. And you just get the sense with Werner that something's coming. Like, he's had, like, a really tough year, and I feel like he's either going to, like, get the goal that helps Chelsea qualify for mm. the Champions League, or he's going to score the winner in the final or, or something, because we know it's there. It's coming. So, again, like I said, any of these Game Week 38 options, if someone said to me they're going to captain Werner, I'd be like, do you know what? Anything can happen on yeah. the last day of the season, so why not? I think if you, um, you know, d- you definitely need a differential. All of those in your mini league aren't going to captain this player. Um, go, go for it. I think Werner is a great option, and I think he's going to be a good option for the future. But yeah, definitely a good a good captaincy shout. Um, meanwhile, um, elsewhere, it's a mixture of pride and extra cash finishing high up the table. Um, so I'm going to just have a look back at the worst defences league. So we want attackers playing people at the top. So West Brom are technically the worst in terms of expected goals conceded. I know that um, uh, Liverpool have actually <laughs> conceded more big chances than them. But in terms of expected goals conceded, it's West Brom. Um, they, yeah, they're, they're the, the good defensive form that they were starting to show, just falling off a cliff again, uh, 14 goals conceded last six. So Leeds are playing them. So I think Leeds 
Leeds players are really good shouts for the captaincy. Um, I want more of them. I wish I could have more than three. Um, Bamford is top there over the last six. So I know it was emerging that, you know, Harrison and uh, Rafina would be uh, better options, but Bamford's still knocking around there and, you know, hauled last time out. Um, he is expected goal involvement, 2.66. Um, Rafina just below him, uh, 2.45. Then Rodrigo uh, expected goal involvement in the last six, 2.08, rather. And then Harrison, 2.01. Um, some other stats there, Rafina and Harrison, you can't tell them apart. Assist three, chances created 13. Um, Harrison has a slight edge of over starts, but, you know, that was good. Rafina was, was injured. Corners, um, Harrison 18, Rafina 13. Um, shots, Rafina's taking more shots. Um, 11 to Harrison's eight, but it, uh, they're even 5.5. Are they... Are they I, I mean, they don't look the same, but they're basically stats twins. Um, get one, <laughs> maybe get both. But Bamford's an option there. Dallas um, with his five chances created. Bear in mind, he's a defender um, and uh, 15 corners he's taken. Tyler Roberts scores, he's in the mix. Uh, Rodrigo, um, obviously, also in the mix. Home game, West Brom, worst defence. What do you reckon? I mean, a, a Leeds, this looks like a, one of these guys looks like a great captaincy shout. Yeah, I've got to say, the narrative for this feels like we're about to anticipate big win for Leeds, I think, because, um, well, with West Brom, Sam Allardyce is leaving. So it's so with Roy Hodgson leaving, it's not last day of term for them. It's like, this is an occasion. Last day right? of career. And yeah, it's a career well, spanning, starting, what, in the, in the 70s, early 70s? Yeah, oh, it's insane. So it, like, there's there's so much reason to play up for that, right? West Brom are going down. A lot of these players may not still be there next season or or whatever. Um, but do, do they really care about Sam Allardyce? I mean, I certainly don't. Um, <laughs> and uh, he's the guy that's helped them get relegated when, well, let's be honest, I felt like they were actually making some progress yeah. under Slavon Bilic. Like, I'd, I'd, the players will be a lot more wedded to, to Bilic because he's the guy they went up with. Um, so I just can't really see how West Brom get up for this at all. And then let's not forget that they are going to the absolute cauldron of cacophonous noise that is Elland Road for their first Premier League game with fans in 16 years the the the, the sheer weight of that surely will just make West Brom absolutely crumple like a paper bag especially when you look at the the stats that are on offer as yeah. well uh in terms of you know in, if, you, if you look at basically every sort of like area of their team last six matches 37 chances conceded through the middle worst in the league 35 chances conceded down the right, worst in the league, and um, 25 down the left, third worst in the league. So pretty much every area of their defence is very obliging compared to the rest of the division. Uh, and and Leeds are fitter than them as well. So the other thing is that um, there's always been this kind of idea that because Bielsa um, really sort of um, pushes his players on a fitness, they mm. tend to tire out towards the end of the season, which um, I'm starting to kind of get the impression that the players know that that's there. The manager knows that that's mm. there. And they're they're making a massive point of proving that yeah. wrong because in the last nine matches in the whole of the Premier League, mm. Leeds have the joint most points. Six wins, okay. two draws, yeah. one defeat. So this idea that they don't finish season strong this season, absolute load of rubbish. Yeah. They're going up against possibly the worst defence in the league this week they've got their fans finally behind them and they're some of the best home fans in the country some of the most intimidating and scary ones if you're the away team and their players are informed so if if I was looking for a differential captain that I felt had a real strong 
chance of doing really well here. Bamford and Rafinha, because they're the two that I own, yeah. are very, very yeah. high up my list. Um, Harrison, Dallas, Harrison and Rafinha, I think, I, I can't tell them apart in terms yeah, of... Yeah, I mean, if I owned Harrison, points. I'd yeah. be thinking about it, definitely. Um, Dallas less so, just because I feel, I don't know, I feel just a bit more comfortable att- going for the attacking mm-hmm. play. One thing I should just actually add on Leeds is that I think people were a bit worried about Bamford when he came off in the 57th minute, mm-hmm. I think two games ago. And... Um, we thought some people, some people thought Rodrigo would replace him, but we've actually been dealt quite a nice hand in that um, Klitsch has been given early leave uh, so that he doesn't get injured ahead of the Euros he want, so that he can play for Poland, basically. And that's obviously left a spot in central midfield, which Rodrigo has taken, yeah. which means that we get to have Rodrigo and Bamford in the team at the same time, which I just mm-hmm. think kind of um, electrifies the team a little bit more. Okay. Um, they've been playing 3-3-3-1 recently, which means that Dallas is now in a slightly, I think, deeper slightly deeper role than when they were playing 4-1-4-1 in the 4-1-4-1 he's in the central midfield as a kind of box to box but in the 3-3-3-1 he's basically he's kind of a wing back Mm. because you've got three central defenders then you've got three defensive midfielders of which you've got Alioski and Dallas Mm. either side of Phillips and then you've got Harrison Rodrigo and um, Rafinha and then Bamford so the 3-3-3-1 actually just pulls Dallas a little bit further away from the action than in the other formation so um, yeah, I probably wouldn't be captain in Dallas, but again, it's game week thirty-eight, so who knows? You know, he could be on for a double-digit haul from a clean sheet and an assist. So, yeah, not well, a bad option, just not for me. Yeah, really good. I mean, I'm I'm now not only tempted to get another Leeds player in, but even even at the risk of a hit, because I'm I'm that convinced now. But so therefore, the captaincy is is a good a good option. Um, let's have a look at the fixtures again. Um, because there are more candidates as well. And the ones that really stand out to me, I think, are Antonio um, at home to Southampton. There were hints that um, he's going to be on penalties. Rice missed them. He's their designated penalty taker, but Rice missed one. And Antonio was asked, um, would he take Would he take penalties? And he was, he, I think he said, 100%. I, and someone, someone's got to take them and be brilliant or something words to that effect um um so yeah and he's gunning he's gunning for a record as well the goal scoring record for west ham um so he is an option to think and our, our man chris wood um, oh, of course um is a way to sheffield United. he's going to want to finish the, the season well um you know still posting good stats so let's have a look at all players um xgi so expected goal involvement last six just to see where some of those some of those options are um, here. We can see the Salah's top, Ian Acho next. So both strong candidates. Then you've got Jota. So if he's recovered, an option. But is he going to start? Is he going to play? It's very doubtful at this stage. Um, Antonio is next up there. So a very very strong candidate. And Martinelli. Uh, the only thing that puts me off here isn't Martinelli or his stats or the fact he's 4.9. It's the fact he's up against Brighton, who, along with Man City, <laughs> one of the best defences this season. And Dunk uh, is back as well. And Lewis Dunk is back. So hard luck, Martinelli. Um, <clears throat> and then Bruno Fernandes, I don't think he's going to play. I just don't think Manchester United assets that we, we like are going to play. Then there's Havertz and then there's Chris Wood, Harry Kane and Mane. That's the list of expected goal involvement sorted by last six matches. Um, so all of these are options here. But yeah, what do, you, what do you reckon some of those other other differential options like Antonio, Chris Wood even? Yeah, I mean, um, Chris, Chris Wood against um, Sheffield United is one, I, is one I really like. Um, 
Sheffield United's defence has got a little bit better, but it's still one of the worst in the division. So I just I can't really see a clean sheet there. The uh, fifth worst for expected uh, goals conceded. Um, and Chris Wood is still, I think, top five for shots on target. Mm. Uh, yeah, he's a 10 in the yeah. last six. So he's he was top, but he's still top five. So against a, an obliging defence, I think he can get something. Um, West Ham, hard to know exactly what to expect from them because I feel like there will be an element of disappointment about how the how they've kind of missed out on where they were hoping to go. Um, Lingard maybe has a point to prove in this game. Uh, not that he necessarily has any additional points to prove because I think he's very much sent the message that he should be in consideration for the Euros. He should be in consideration for the first team for Man United next season, yeah. for example. But, you know, just to kind of cap it with the cherry on top, just to, you know, a, a nice little reminder to Gareth Southgate to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and David Moyes, of course, because I'm sure that West Ham will try and secure him on a permanent deal. Um, he just has a number of parties to impress. Um, so I think that, that that could possibly, um, you know, bring out his best in, in this game. We haven't seen it as much recently. It's a bit of a shame. I actually I actually benched him for the most recent game week because I just watched him drop. I, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't the only one who sort of noticed that he'd become a little bit peripheral. Um, before Antonio came back, when they lost um, Cresswell, he was dropping deeper. He, he'd been playing up front, and then he was dropping deeper because they just didn't have yeah. as much creativity, and that obviously damaged his goal-scoring ability. And when Antonio came back, he wasn't really playing up front anymore. So, again, sort of deeper kind of, um, uh, just a deeper line role. That has been frustrating mm. uh, as a Lingard owner. That's why I benched him. So there's that possible dynamic that happens in this game. But I don't know. He strikes me as the kind of guy that mm. at the moment is very much willing to kind of go out there and be like, hey, look at me. Like I said, he's got a number of people he has to impress in this game. So there's yeah. a possibility that I, we get I, something out of him. I think I might go for him to play him. Not not captain him, but play him. Yeah, yeah. Same. Um, but he, but it, it certainly makes Antonio a stronger prospect because a more creative Lingard is better for Antonio. I think we said it on the Scoutcast before. I said, as as I was considering benching Lingard, um, I fancy Antonio to do well and someone's got to assist him and it's probably going to be Lingard. And it was. It could be the other way around. Yeah. Lingard's very right. good. If he gets in the right places, can get beyond the hold-up man because he, he likes doing that. That's yeah. what we saw when he first started doing well when Antonio and him were in the team. So possibly even the other way around. Antonio, the ball up to Antonio, Antonio holds it up, Lingard makes a run, he plays the ball in. You know, that wouldn't be the first time we've seen that this season. So okay. there's that as well. Okay, um, just before we go, I mean, I've got the fixtures up on the screen. Anything else? I mean, we've covered so many options. There's so <laughs> many good options for people to consider. Wherever you are in your mini leagues or whatever rank uh, target you're looking at, um, loads of differentials, loads of um, on paper great options like the Liverpool assets. But yeah, any anyone else we mentioned before we go? No, I think I think we've covered most yeah. of the good ones. I think for me, it's probably going to come down to... So my bus captain was Salah. Mm. Um, I think it's going to come down to Salah versus Rafinha or Bamford. Yeah. I think they're going to be the three that will be in my mind, uh, yeah, uh, between now and Sunday's deadline. Although I've, I've got transfers to make as well. Yeah. Uh, it's possible I might bring in some of the other ones we talked about. But as things stand, they're the ones that I'm most sort of um, interested in. Yeah, definitely. Lots of good options. So good luck, um, everyone with your um, captaincy decisions. Um, just before we go, mention the members area, all those stats we've had pulled out there from the Fantasy Football Scout members area, all Opta-driven data there. So do have a look in there. Um, also, if you have liked this episode, do press like. Um, and also, um, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and also um, wherever you receive your podcasts. But in the meantime, I've already said good luck, everyone. Um, but David... Special good luck to you as well for your capsule decision of this final one of the season. 
Yes, thanks, Joe, and, and the same to you. And thanks again for another fantastic season uh, doing the captaincy video. It's been uh, yeah. great fun, and uh, here's to many more in the next season. Cheers, thank you. Bye now.